Hello and good day to you, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you are doing well and that you are blessed in all things. Praise the Lord. We are talking about the call of God. And now today we're going to talk about the fivefold ministry gifts. And that's where we are starting off. And today I want to start by talking to you about the ministry of the apostle. The apostle. Now, I'm going to give you a definition of what an apostle is and show you what an apostle does from the Bible. Now, of course, in a modern day context, people have uh, have uh, expanded the meaning of the word apostle to mean all kinds of things. I mean, people appoint themselves apostles. They call themselves apostles. And, uh, and you have apostles of... Uh, prosperity and an apostle of this and apostle of that and I don't want to go into them then there's positional apostles I mean all these things are not found in the Bible honestly and the moment you go outside the Bible and begin to make your own definitions you can end up anywhere so my viewpoint is this it's always best to stick to what the Bible says and use uh, the definition of things according what the Bible says about things. It's better to stay that way. Otherwise, once you um, go outside of the scripture and make up your own stuff by theorizing about different things and say, okay, the Bible doesn't say this, but there's this apostle and that apostle, there's no end to it. You, you, can, you open a Pandora's box and soon it's like a free-for-all. Anyone can come up with anything. And uh, the only thing that gives that definition credibility is the person. If, if the person is a famous preacher and he says something, it automatically becomes right. But that is wrong because we should stick to the scripture and, um, you know, talk about these things. So we're going to talk about the fivefold ministry gifts and we're going to talk about the apostles and I'll show you, I'm sorry, from the Bible, what an apostle does, what an apostle is and what he does. And this will give you a better understanding, uh, you know, of these terms. So we're going to talk about the apostle now. Look at Strong's definition. Strong definition. Strong's was a Greek and Hebrew scholar, and this is his definition. It's it's recognized. Um, what Strong says is recognized by the greater, I should say, by the body of Christ. Okay. So he Strong. Um, he takes the Greek word for apostle, uh, apostolos in the Greek is apostolos, which means a delegate or specially an ambassador of the gospel, officially a commissioner of Christ with miraculous powers, an apostle, a messenger, he that is sent. Okay, this is a um, giving different facets, different nuances of what an apostle is. A delegate, especially an ambassador of the gospel, a commissioner of Christ, apostle with miraculous powers, a messenger, he that is sent, an apostolos or apostello, it comes from the word apostello, which means to commission and to send forth. Someone who is sent, commissioned, focusing back on the authority of the sender. That is important to see. Somebody who sent, but he focuses, not on himself, but he focuses back on the one who sent him. Okay? So, 
that is Strong's definition of an apostle. But now, you cannot use this and say, well, I'm sent, so I'm an apostle. You know, uh, every missionary is an apostle because they're sent out. No, a apostle is more specific in, than that. Okay, I'm just giving you the, the, the meaning of the word apostolos in the Greek, according to Strong. But it doesn't mean that anybody who's sent is an apostle. So, but we will uh, go into this more later on so you will understand what an apostle is and what an apostle isn't. Now, the 12 apostles of the Lamb, there were 12 apostles of the Lamb and those were the men who Jesus himself chose and appointed them apostles. And those were the 12 men appointed by Jesus himself and that's why they were known as the 12 apostles of the Lamb and there will be no more apostles of the Lamb. I mean, there's no slot open there, okay? The 12 apostles of the Lamb were Peter, <coughs> John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot who betrayed Jesus. <coughs> Sorry, those were the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Okay, so I'm going to read through that list again. Peter, <coughs> James, and John. Okay, Peter was the <coughs> great fisherman, if you remember. And Peter and his brother was Andrew. Andrew is also number four on this list. <coughs> Peter, Andrew, his, which was his brother. Then you had John. John, also known as John the Beloved. <coughs> he was the youngest of the, of the apostles. He was the youngest, John. Then you had James. Then you had Thomas. Thomas, if you remember, was the one who doubted. Remember that? He was the one who said, I will not believe unless I touch his you know, the, the, the marks of the nails in his hands and his feet. And the interesting thing was about Thomas. <coughs> I'm sorry. He was the one to go the farthest of all the apostles. He went to India, on the west coast of India. And the story goes that when he reached there, uh, he arrived there by ship. He began to speak in tongues and he spoke in tongues. They understood them in their native language. And... Uh, he preached the gospel and started a church. And the church that Thomas started still exists today. It's known as Martoma. Martoma is a, is a denomination. Martoma uh, in the local language in Malayali, I believe it means <coughs> the church of Thomas, Martoma church of Thomas. So the church that Thomas started still exists today. The Martoma church. And... Uh, Thomas died and uh, and I the place where he died is a hill in the city of Madras now known, now known as Chennai if you go there ask anybody where is St Thomas Mount and they'll take you there it's a it's a it's a hill in the center of the city and that's where he was killed St Thomas then he had Bartholomew then Matthew I'm sorry cough I ate something that's uh, tickling my throat 
Matthew was the tax collector when Jesus walked up to him and said, follow me. And Matthew left everything and followed him. Then you had James, the son of Alphaeus. Then you had Simon the Zealot. Now the Zealots were those who, uh, who were part of a liberation movement who believed in an armed insurrection against the Romans. And Simon became a follower of Jesus. Then you had Judas, the son of James. Uh, and then you had Judas Iscariot, and he's the one who betrayed our Lord Jesus. So these were the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Then there are other apostles mentioned in the Bible, but these are not the 12 apostles of the Lamb. These are subsequent apostles we read about in the book of Acts and, and, you know, and in the epistles. And uh, the first of them is Acts 126. It says, uh, when they were in the upper room waiting for the Holy Ghost to come down, and, um, you know, and uh, Judas had betrayed Jesus and he had hung himself. So only 11 of the 12 apostles of the land remained. And so they decided that somebody had to take G Judas's uh, place as apostle, as an apostle. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Matthias. So he was numbered with the 11 apostles. So they cast lots and... Uh, and there was a man called Matthias. He kind of his name came up. So he was numbered with the 11 apostles and he became the 12th apostle. But he was not an apostle of the Lamb because he was not with Jesus. And the interesting thing, my personal opinion, is that I don't believe Matthias was God's choice because after this, that's the only time in the Bible his name is ever mentioned. He obviously never did anything neither we don't read anywhere that God used him in any significant way uh, and the fact that he was not chosen by the spirit of God because uh, Jesus 12 is 12 uh, he chose his 12 apostles when he went to a mountain and pray and God told him who his 12 apostles would be but this man was elected by the casting of lots by a lottery of sorts and he was elected by a lottery so anyway we we can ignore him but he was one apostle mentioned in the Bible, he was appointed by the other 11 as an apostle. So then Romans 1, 1, we read about Paul. Paul says, Paul, a doulos, a slave of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle and singled out for God's good news. So this is, another, Paul is another apostle uh, who is mentioned in the Bible, who was not one of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So Paul was singled out. He was called out as an apostle. Then in Galatians 1.29, we read about James, the half-brother of Jesus and leader of the Jerusalem church. He was an apostle. Now, this is amazing because James was the son of Joseph and Mary. You remember, Jesus wasn't Joseph's biological son. Jesus was the son of Mary and Joseph was like a stepfather. But uh, according to the scripture, um, Joseph and Mary had other children and James was one of them. And the astounding thing is that James, uh, history tells us, he didn't believe in Jesus when Jesus was still alive. He believed in Jesus after Jesus died and rose again and ascended to the heaven, uh, ascended to heaven to be at the right hand of the father. James became a believer after that. I mean, this is astounding. In fact, so you can, you can safely assume 
that James was there. Remember when uh, they said to Jesus and they said, Jesus, your mother and your brothers and sisters are out there waiting for you. And Jesus said, who is my mother and my sister and brother? He who does the will of my father is my mother, sister and brother. So James was among them because although Mary, imagine Mary had the angel visit her and tell her about Jesus when before Jesus was conceived. Still, Mary had a very hard time with all that Jesus was doing, the way the Pharisees were against him and he was doing miracles. I mean, it was almost like she had no uh, you know, what was happening through Jesus was so vast, so great. She, she, her mind just couldn't keep up with it. So she was concerned about him because many people were against him. And so his, his, his siblings, his half siblings, Mary and Joseph's children didn't really believe in him. That's why they were also concerned. And James was one of them. So James became a believer in Jesus after the resurrection of Jesus. And so he is numbered among the apostles. And he was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. So the first, so the other apostles, other than the 12 apostles of the Lamb, as Matthias, Paul, James. Then in Acts 14, 14, we read about Barnabas. Barnabas, like, like they say, you know, the father of encouragement or consolation. Uh, Barnabas and Paul, we read about. Then 1 Corinthians 4, 6 to 9, we read about Apollos. Apollos was an apostle and uh, you know Paul talked about some people say I'm of Paul I'm of Apollos well that's Apollos then in 1st Thessalonians chapter 1 uh, verses 2 to 7 we uh, verses no 1st Corinthians chapter 1 uh, there, there we read 1st uh, first, first Corinthians Chapter 1, 2 to 7, we read about Tim Timotheus and Silvanus. Timothy and Silvanus. There were two apostles who were mentioned there. And now some of these apostles, they are mentioned there, but it doesn't say much about what they did. Uh, it takes a, talks a lot about Paul. It talks about Barnabas, but um, others are mentioned. But there's others we, we don't really know much of what they did. Philippians 2.25, it talks about Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus was one of the apostles. Then there's 2 Corinthians 8 verse 23. It talks about two unnamed apostles. There were two apostles, but their names are not mentioned. Then in Romans 16 verse 7, this is what Paul says. Now this is interesting. I want you to listen to this. Salute. Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who were in Christ before me. No, Paul salutes and greets these two apostles. He says, first thing he says about them, uh, they were his uh, brothers, his you know, kinsmen in Christ. That means brethren, you know, brother means male. Sisters is female, but when you say brethren, that word brethren means both brothers and sisters, okay? So the word brothers, when you say salute my brothers, or you say salute my sisters, or you say brethren, brethren includes uh, people of both sexes, men and women. I just want you to know this, and kinsmen means family. So he says salute Adronicus and Junia, my family, you know, he looked at them as family. 
and my fellow prisoners. So obviously they had been in prison with him who are of note among the apostles. So they, Adronicus and Junia, were among the apostles. And they said they were also in Christ before me. That means that they were saved before Paul was saved. Okay. Now, Andronicus and Junia. Junia was obviously a female apostle. Because the name Junia is a female name. But certain translations who don't believe that women. Now I'm not going to go into, the, into any any debate here because I don't know who did it and why did it but there are people who don't believe that women should be preaching women should be ministers and so what they did they changed the name of Junia to Junius which is a which is a man's name because they didn't want a female apostle but the fact remains that most scholars there's a consensus among the vast majority of scholars that Junia was a female apostle, which means that women can be apostles, which makes sense because the Bible says there's no born nor free. There's no Greek or Jew or Gentiles. There's no male or female, but we are all one in Christ Jesus. So when it comes to certain things, if God chooses to use a woman, praise God, God uses women. So there are women uh, Women evangelists, I personally believe women can be pastors, women can be um, prophetesses and, you know, women can be apostles and and God uses that. And some people they say, no, they cannot be fine. If that's what you believe, you believe you can keep that to yourself. But I have seen God use women in mighty ways and and it makes sense. If there's a woman apostle here, uh, I mean, I know like Pastor Naomi Dowdy in Singapore, she's an apostle. She's lady in her 80s. God has used her in a mighty way. If you knew how God has used her and you stood before her, you'd keep your mouth shut. You wouldn't say there's no women apostles, okay? So, but but some people make it a big deal. Uh, they're like, uh, you know, they, they like to argue about things that are trivial, that have no, no uh, substance at all. Look, if God wants to use a woman, he can use a woman, amen? And if he uses a woman, I will take my hat off to her. I will honor her. Just like I honor everybody who's used by God. Doesn't matter their race or their color or their age or whether they're men or women. Amen. So anyway, but that is my standpoint. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what it says. Paul said, salute Andronicus and Junia. And Junia is a female apostle. And she's the only female apostle who's mentioned here. Okay. So we see there's 24 apostles mentioned in the New Testament. 12 of them were apostles of the Lamb, personally chosen and trained by the Lord Jesus himself that traveled with him. And uh, so as I've written this down here, as mentioned above in the list of apostles mentioned in the New Testament, a couple of times the Greek word apostolos is translated simply as messengers instead of as apostle like the other instances. Now, I don't know why the translators chose to only render it as messenger in these two places. That is Philippians 2.25 and 2 Corinthians 8.23. There, there, that's where the word apostolos was 
translated as messenger instead of apostles. Now, I don't know why they did it, okay? So the term apostle, it connotes the highest level of leadership and authority in the early church. So that's what the apostle meant. It's not just somebody who said, but it was used to denote the highest level of authority in the early church. Initially, only the original disciples of Jesus were called apostles. After Jesus' resurrection, the designation was given to missionaries involved in establishing churches to Christian disciples who had never seen Christ physically, but who were pioneer missionaries such as Apollos. So in the Old Testament, I mean in the, in the early church, uh, the first people to be called apostles were the disciples who had been with Jesus, period. But after the resurrection of Jesus, then they began to use the word apostles for missionaries who were sent out to spread the gospel and to establish churches. So people like Apostle, uh, Apollos, they were missionaries who were sent out by the church to preach the gospel with power, to bring Christ to areas where the name of Jesus was not known before and to establish Christian churches. That was the second group of people who were known as Apollos. And I believe that should be the uh, way it is today. You can't have, you know, Reinhard Bonnke said to me, uh, I said, you know, Brother Reinhard, what do you think about all these people calling the apostles? He said, listen, he said, Christopher, let me just say this. He said, an apostle isn't the guy who sits in America in a big office on a leather chair and gives orders to others. He said, apostles were the first to go to the unreached areas. They were first to suffer. They were first to go to prison. They were first to be killed. He says, those were the apostles. And I, I, I tend to agree with that. Now, look at, let's do a study of apostleship by looking at Paul, which is the best example of an apostle. So there, there had many, as I said, there were 24 apostles who were mentioned in the New Testament. 12 were the apostles of the Lamb and the, uh, there were 12 others and uh, who are, whose names are mentioned. If you remember, there were unnamed ones also. But uh, the best study of an apostle we do by, by looking at the, at the apostle Paul. He's the best example. Number one, the first thing, uh, yeah, we're looking at the different points. The first thing, an apostle is a pioneer to people unreached by the gospel. That's the first point. An apostle is a pioneer to people unreached by the gospel. An apostle is a pioneer to people who have not been reached by the gospel. Romans 1 verse 1, Paul says, As Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separate, separated unto the gospel of God. So he was separated. He, you know, he was a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was separated for the gospel. So an apostle is separated for the gospel. So you have to remember that. Then it is the gospel that defines an apostle. An apostle is one who is separated, set aside for one thing only, for the preaching of the gospel. Acts 22 verse 21. And he says, And he said unto me, Depart, I will send thee far hands unto the Gentiles. So the Gentiles 
were the non-Jews, the unbelievers, and God said to him, he says, go, I am going to send you far. An apostle goes to far, unreached places to those who have never heard the name of Jesus. That is the second thing that defines an, an apostle and, and, and uh, uh, you know, an apostleship. We are still in point one. The point one is an apostle is a pioneer to people unreached by the gospel. I'm going to show you scriptures that define that. So he's in Acts 22, 21, and he said, depart for I will send you far hands to the Gentiles, to the unbelievers. Romans 15 verses 15 and 16. He says, these are the words of the apostle Paul. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles ministering the gospel of God that the offering up of the Gentiles being might be acceptable being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. He says, God has given me grace and he has sent me to bring Jesus Christ to the heathen to minister the gospel. Amen. So that the Gentiles may be an offering up to God. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.17, sorry. He said, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect. That means that Jesus Christ, he sent me, he did not send me to baptize, but he sent me to preach the gospel and not with the wisdom of words, so that the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So, um, for Jesus Christ sent me, but he sent me not to baptize, but he sent me to preach the gospel to the lost and not just with words, but with the power of the Holy Spirit so that the gospel should not be made of no effect. Okay, Ephesians 3 verses 8 and 9. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles, the heathen, the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hidden God who created all things in Christ Jesus. Now, this is something very, it's really fantastic here because you see, in several places in the epistle, Paul makes reference to the mystery. He says that this hidden mystery that was, he says the hidden mystery that was once hidden, but it is now revealed to you. And this is uh, one of the things that he does as an apostle. He says uh, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then he says, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which at the beginning of the world has been hidden God. So he's, he's referring to this mystery, which once was hidden. But now Paul says, I am the one bringing it to you. So the revelation of the mystery and the mystery is this. And the revelation of the mystery is this. It's simple. Paul brought 
to the body, to the hidden, the revelation of what God has done for man through the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension to heaven of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the mystery. Because the Bible says in another place, Paul says, if Satan, if the devil had known this, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Because this was the one thing. You know, the crucifixion was open. The ministry of Jesus was open. But this was the one thing that was hidden from mankind. And that was hidden from the devil. That means that because the devil very gleefully made sure that Jesus was crucified. And Jesus died and he descended down to Hades. But what the devil did not know, the the plan of God and the plan of God, which was a mystery, but which Paul brought out as part of his apostolic ministry as an apostle, is the revelation of what actually happened when Jesus died upon the cross. What happened when Jesus arose from the dead? And what happened when Jesus triumphantly um, not only arose from the dead, but he ascended to heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And he is there today <coughs> interceding for us. And he sent down the Holy Ghost. You know, all those things, all those things is the mystery that was hidden from man. It was hidden from Satan, but it was only in the heart of God. And it took the crucifixion, the death and the resurrection of Jesus to make the new birth, to make all those wonderful truths available to us. And Paul, he says that he has come as an apostle to uh, the minister of Jesus Christ, to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God and uh, bringing us this revelation, this, this uh, mystery has been revealed to us. So Ephesians 3 verse 8, 9, let me read it again before we close. Unto me, who am less than the least of the saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, to preach the riches that are in Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery, and which from the beginning of the world has been hidden God, who created all things by Christ Jesus, this great mystery of what God has done in us through Jesus Christ at the death of Jesus, at his burial, at his resurrection from the dead, and his ascension to heaven, and also what he is doing for you and me today at the right hand of the Father as the guarantor of the new covenant, as the one who's interceding for us and whose blood is pleading for us day and night. Hallelujah! And through all these things, we are victorious. We are more than conquerors in Jesus. And Paul, as an apostle, was the one who had this revelation and brought it to the church. Praise God. Anyway, let's continue tomorrow. And um, let, us, uh, let us stop here right now. And tomorrow we, we'll, we'll continue about the apostleship of Paul. So we will study this more. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We glorify you. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for everything that you have done through, for us through the blood of your son, Jesus. Lord, we open our hearts, our hearts to all that you have for us. I ask you to bless us, to touch our lives, be glorified in all things, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. And remember, you are more than a conqueror through him, Jesus Christ, who has loved you. God bless you.